Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you, uh, recorded from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. We did this off stream. We are sorry we did that. Uh, we are normally the podcast that records our, our interviews live with the at-home audience on Twitch. But this one we record off stream. And this is a big one for us. This episode features Max Bemis of Say Anything. Big get, big shock, big surprise for all of you. Yeah, it was it was kind of a, a I don't know, serendipitous. It was it was a surprise. It was it was very awesome for us. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those like it landed in our inbox and we're like, oh, how did this get here? And they're like, oh, let's just see for shits and gigs that they responded. We're like, oh yeah. my god, they did. Yeah, and like. <laughs> Obviously, uh, I, I don't know if, if if you're if you're new here. Welcome, welcome to coming in Hello, for the everyone. for the Max Bemis uh, episode of this. But we the Max Bemis happy hour, if you will. Max Bemis happy hour. As as you know, an emo podcast. We're just fans of say anything, and it's just like, dude, let's just you know shoot the shit and like have a good time, and uh, does not disappoint. So yeah, no, there's a lot of really uh, cool information, a deep dive into a song, yeah. even. Um, and a lot of like it's really good like different like POVs. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, he is the kind of the epicenter of emo in his own way, and I think this makes us the epicenter of emo when it comes to podcasting. So uh, we have that in common now. And uh, stay tuned. That episode is about to start. But before it does, uh, why don't you epicenter? five stars on your podcasting app of choice for this episode and the way that I said that sentence. Yeah, do it um, because you want to just have your finger on the pulse of the epicenter of it all. Yeah. So you don't miss an episode or an update from us. Yeah. Uh, when you're done dropping a five-star review, make sure you head over to any of our social media. For example, at Emo Social Club on Instagram at X Emo Social Club X on Twitter and our TikTok is the same thing. We are we're posting a lot of fiery, incendiary, the spiciest, the nastiest, just the most uh, uh, flammable takes. Flammable? <laughs> yeah, they're super flammable. They're on fire. You'll have to stop, drop and roll. You'll have to stop, drop and roll your <laughs> way over to check out our reels and our TikToks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hey, if everyone, we're uh, we're, we're two goofy <laughs> people who have the number one third best podcast in Chicago yeah. land. How did we get As here? From the who Chicago knows, man. Thank you. Damn, here you are. We earn it, you know, with our words and our spices. Seven, seven uh, proprietary herbs and spices over here. Don't worry, we know how to articulate everything else because you're going to hear it in this interview and uh, actually when you're on our socials too because it's all uh, not scripted, but thought out. <laughs> you're going to hear it be articulate proceeds to be inarticulate. Shh. <laughs> uh, anyway, we, we don't want to deprive you of this episode any longer, so we're not going to do that. Here is our interview with 
Max Bemis of Say Anything. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you not live, but here at EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here this evening with a surprise special guest off the stream, Max Bemis of Say Anything. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. It's me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Seriously, I appreciate it. I appreciate that it, it means anything that I'm a surprise guest on anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was a surprise to us. I mean, uh, like I think we, we, yes, the last time we talked about you on the pod was when the band was going into a hiatus, a break. How, how would you refer to um, what this time crisis? And yeah. for the band, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't see us. I wish I could say that, you know, there'll be another 25 years of say anything. How old would I be? I would be 65. I'd be Paul McCartney age. So I think it's mm -hmm. unlikely at that. Um, so I think it's, it's probably accurate that the band is also middle-aged. Um, and I, so yeah. I would call it a midlife crisis for the band. And I hope that it does last until I'm Paul McCartney's age. I really do. I, I don't see any reason to ever, honestly, even then it was kind of a lame half breakup. I don't think that we, or I intended to not make the music again. I just, it didn't, it felt so not right that there was a part of me that, that felt it, it may never happen, you know, but I, I, I fully intended actually the opposite. Like I was intending to do it uh, eventually. Yeah. Is that why the new song is called yeah. psych? Yeah, exactly. And also, I was uh, like, that's awesome. <laughs> so there's that whole thing with the psych war. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's a little entendre -ist yeah um, it's, it's, yeah it's just like a very nice like uh i i, I am a huge fan of say anything so we'll we'll get that off the well, off the bat here that we are that. we since we did that episode we really wanted to like you were like one of our like you know north star guests of like we oh. have to get like max on at some point because this would just be like a very like nice well rounding of yeah. our podcast oh, cool. so this is the last episode thank you for coming on no it's not uh, <laughs> context there i like that that's awesome though yeah yeah it's, not just yeah. it's what the girlies call manifesting like a week of shows so things have actually kind of happened um and you know music has been made um you know there's even been slight dramas behind the scenes as it always is um and like okay here we go so yeah it's like we're back in it for sure and you know it never really ended it's like haunted my every movement in a good way in a good way like you know um like in sure. one of those friendly ghost movies where like eddie murphy's a ghost or something and he's like that's what it's like yeah it's just the haunted mansion with eddie there murphy go, in exactly. it. but just say yeah, anything that is, yeah there we completely. go or like you know he's he's who was he again he was in lion king maybe i feel like in two different movies he was like oh yeah shrek he's classically like follow mm -hmm. shrek around and is like kind of messing with him while trying to help him i feel like that's also really accurate also sketchy sexually and i think eddie uh, you know has a sort of little bit of a yeah so there's that <laughs> it all comes together i never knew we were gonna be making any yeah, I, I <laughs> honestly love it as, as many times as we've talked about shrek on this podcast just as a random like little aside so that is the you most know, like, we feel like he's, he's yeah just, i mean he's as ubiquitous as like sesame street was you know when we were kids you know yeah it pops up everywhere weird. i mean awesome everywhere. everywhere he's everywhere yeah. you think he's not in your life but he's always there fucking shrek 
Trigger's <laughs> always there for you, even when you need it at your darkest moments. Even when you resent him. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a moment just being like, man, I really resent Shrek for always being well, Like, there. he's not even as good as the Puss in Boots movies. I mean, that's a really hard right. to be worse than your own spinoff. You know what I mean? That's how yeah. bad Shrek Honestly. is of a person. Is he a person? I think that's the moral <laughs> of the movie, but, you know. He's just he's like us, a, for real. He's just, yeah. <laughs> just like me, for real. Yeah. Uh... So let's let's talk a little bit about getting back together. You you, you mentioned a couple shows too. Yeah, so yeah. now that you're you're back in the thick of it, you're back in the the, the thick of say anything. Um, what is like, like? How's the reception going? How has the 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 vibe been for for being you back? Know, I'm so fucking. When it comes to say anything, I'm so like skeptical um, because there would be moments where like. You know, we'd be, we'd have a manage, manager and they're like, everyone loves the new single, man. They're big fans. And then I'd like, I'd look on absolutepunk.com, you know, and, and they're like, this is the end of this band. I, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, I literally have to back down. <laughs> um, but so, so, so it's like, and also I don't, it, and apparently even that was inaccurate. You know what I mean? Because there's so many people who would then come to a show and know all the songs. So you really can't gauge and you can only kind of read it through like the smaller interactions with kind of like your friends and you know like for instance i'm not engaged on social media whatsoever at all really i mean i look at it but i don't tend to engage on it so like when i do look at it i t i find out i'm like pretty backwards of a dad but i'm not that backwards like i'll hear about you know fads or or memes or things like that but i'm like I intentionally, and I've kind of always been like this, wait for to like be the last person to know about it. Um, and then I'm like, okay, you know, like I'm not bitter because it's too cool or not cool enough. I'm like, it's gone through the ringer of the hype machine and now I can give it a proper assessment. So I feel like that's kind of how I am where it's like, I'm just going to know, you know, by net, you know, when the album comes out or, you know, but I will say that, you know, from what I can glean after, you know, I didn't like jump on the boards that night, you know what I mean? Or jump on Instagram and like, <laughs> try to grasp as much glory as possible. Cause that's something I would do when I was like 19 and like it works out at first. But then when you start going through like ups and downs in your career, you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like this was, this was an effective, useful drug. Um, and now it's not, it's toxic and I'm <laughs> overdosing. So I, I just avoid it by principle. And then like when I do, but, but the people around me have again told me that it's, the, the reaction of the song is really, really positive. And I have seen people say, the things that I have seen people say about it are what I wanted them to take out of the song. You know what I mean? So that's the way I can definitely gauge that, at least for the people that matter, which is the only reason I'm doing the band, that it's hitting the right notes in terms of its intention, because so much of this band is intentional. Um, and so much of it has been misunderstood, which is, to some degree, like why I do it is to alienate certain people. If it's a punk band at all, it's because I'm saying things that are kind of hideous and fucked up. And if you don't have the kind of sense of humor to see the irony in it and the meta narrative and almost even knowing some of the history of being the band, certain things can be taken completely out of context. So like if people, if I see that people are getting it, um, you know, catching on to some of the weird Easter eggs or, or just kind of like, um, you know, referring to a reference point or like an influence that comes out in the music. Yeah, that's great. Like, that's the coolest thing ever is when someone's like, yeah, it sounds like this band or it sounds like this era that you're, or you're trying to convey this kind of theme. And then, I, and that has been completely accurate. 
Um, and there's a lot of things that are different this time around as well. Um, you know, I've always had great managers, but now I'm basically being managed by like my friends that have kind of grown in the industry and are now like, you know, managed Billie Eilish at one point. Like everyone who's in like a ska band is now like a fucking executive at Warner Brothers. <laughs> like you've seen them. Yeah. Now they're just my friends. Like the people who are actually managing me put out is a real boy. Um, so, and, and two tongues. Uh, so, so it's just, it seems very obvious and it's like, I don't have to stretch myself so much into like, uh, just trying to avoid cliches or play into them and all that stuff. It's just very like, okay, I can kind of snooze and just write music and love that and love performing and then like step back. And that was, that was really the concept of why this era, the second potentially half of it is gonna be really different than the first one. Cause I very much so like lived for the band, you know, identified solely as like the dude from that band, on, like as a joke. And then it was too much. The joke became real and it was like that. <laughs> you yeah. committed too much to the bit exactly. is what I'm hearing. And, and by the time I kind of <laughs> wanted to pull out of the bit, like it was almost unfair, I think. You know, I'm not gonna judge myself too harshly because I'm like told not to by my therapist. But if I was <laughs> if I was gonna be real, I would say it's like it was it was a little entitled of me to go, you know, I did this bit, you know, so I committed very much to this bit for for the first half of this band's career. And then I kind of became happy personally and then diverged from like this character that I created, which was an actual fucking character, you know, like for is a real boy. There was a narrative. It was, it was derived from me, but it was like, you know, like Larry David on curb is a character. Like it's literally exaggerated to the point where he's like an actual bad person. And so like this was that. Um, and then to the point where like, you know, I saw a lot of the people around me going down a, a wrong path. And so I went through sort of a, a confrontation of like my daddy issues and basically prescribing that future to myself. But a lot of it came from a like PTSD from my childhood and, and before the band, but then also the, the PTSD of putting my, even though I would never take it back, but when you do take leaps, like writing, wow, I can get sexual too. And you're talking about like deviant sexual behavior, you know, you're, you're, you're basically daring some people who may not have all the whatever capacity for that kind of irony to be like, damn, this guy sounds like he hates women. You know what I mean? Like I invited that, you know, and that, and that was the risk I took and I kind of had to pay the piper. Um, and you know, so, so, but it was really freeing to go, Hey, I also, you know, and, and the people who care about me in the industry. And like, I imagine people like you guys, like, you know, we're very happy to see me just like trying to better myself and, and everyone, as soon as I met my wife and started having kids, like there was like a little throng of people going like, Oh, we want to be miserable. But like, it was brief and then everyone really embraced <laughs> my family and Sherry and all this stuff. So I think it, it, it at least came across as genuine and it wasn't some kind of like ego driven bullshit. It was just, I was really, it was a midlife crisis. I was like, I am a writer now, none of this, but it was like <laughs> so special. It was really, to me, it was like, I already knew that's why I, I didn't really break up the band. And I said it in the letter, like, we're going to come back. I'm going to be bitter. And it's like going to be a weird thing. And I guess I'm just not bitter is the only <laughs> difference between what I projected because it's really fun and i just feel like i needed it i really needed the band i'm not doing it for money or any of those reasons but the character would <laughs> you know so i can still play for that joke sure. of that i'm coming back just because it's like emo resurgence and when we were young but i just needed <laughs> angsty emo music in my life again because i've been through hell over the past few years so yeah yeah 
I was gonna say it's it's obviously like a lot of bands are reuniting at this time because of that resurgence exactly. and the when we were young. And like, I mean, I'm assuming that because there is such an interest in it and they want to fill out that lineup with the maximum amount of bands, they're like, who else can we reach out to? Who is not currently booking a tour right now? We need you to <laughs> come back. So it's good to hear that you're doing it for and, you. And like all of appropriate, uh, the last record, which was like kind of uh, the, the epilogue of that character from his real boy. Like this was when like, before when we were young so it was actually pre-covid it was around like me too era i think if you can think about that kind of like pc becoming very hardcore like and, and twitter becoming really combative like pre-trump or like early trump era where everyone was like dividing and like it was a really contentious time and one of the things that i noticed you know which was not really related to that was all the bands starting to get back together on the low so it wasn't like when we were young level where it's like Coachella level where it's like everyone could fucking get back together now because they're making a lot of money. But like at the time, which was, you know, 2000, whatever, 17 or something like, or 16, it was, uh, it was like braid got back together. And like a lot of these kind of like emo bands were getting back together. So in my kind of story for this character, I'm like, you know, he's getting back to, he's doing an anniversary tour for his band that kind of broke up and he's really disgruntled about it. And there's songs on there about, getting a band back together on our last album which i didn't know would be our last album it wasn't planned to be and now i'm doing it and it's really funny because <laughs> i mean the band is really just making fun of myself and i i still am a cliche you know what i mean like i don't think just because i can point it out doesn't mean that i think i'm above any of that stuff and i think that's kind of always been maybe the humanist message of the band was like admit it and stuff like that mm-hmm I think it's really interesting that compared to so many other acts that we like listen to and just like have their mm -hmm. album discography of where they're doing these types of concept albums that like tell the story of somebody mm -hmm. else, but then they're acting as it. It seems like you are your own yeah. actor within your own storyline, even if it is different but, and you kind of kept it are, going, you know, and I think that comes from the fact that like, I wanted to write before I wanted to be in a band. Um, and I was just kind of a movie geek and a comic geek. And, and, and when I say geek, like that gives it too much. I admire geeks. I admire people who like toughed it out in like freaking Texas, like, and, and had to fight jocks and stuff. Like I was in LA where like, those were the cool kids, you know, but I was still technically a geek. Like I, I devoted my life to like movies and, and, and just dreaming and reading books and thinking about stuff like that. And then, you know, it was really age appropriate to get into punk music. And so I went with it and I loved it and it was just perfect for me. It was more visceral than like one day I may write a novel or direct a movie or make a comic, you know? So it was like, fuck yeah, I can do this right now. And I love music just as much as I love this other stuff. But initially I was always just thinking about things in that sort of, you know, a dude who's taken mushrooms and thinks he's deep way. Um, you know, so, so mm -hmm. I, I and, and I also <laughs> think it's funny, you know, like, you know, what you said is awesome. And like, I appreciate it, but I also think it's like pretty hokey. And I, I see that, you know, the only thing that really separates me from like someone who would be like, yeah, just like, I'm so sorry to say this because he's nice, but like Jared Leto, you know what I mean? Like where he's like, I became the Joker. I was mailing them like <laughs> potatoes with blood in the middle and they would have to, you know, like, 
Yeah. Um, and he's, he's that same way in his band, you know, like he gets up there and I'm like, fuck dude, that's like Michael Jackson level, you know, like he's so confident, but he's not like humping girls faces. He's like in some kind of weird sci-fi thing that he's narrating in his head. And I admire it. And it's like, but I'm no better because like, if you were like a Harvard professor or something, you would look at like my exercises in like intellectualism and like meta and you'd be like this is ri ridiculous like this guy's just in an emo and i've seen that like that energy started out for me when i went to like sarah lawrence college and i was like the bro you know what i mean like as much as like i'm self-aware and all these things i'm an actor in this thing it's like they're like yeah whatever dude like you just like smoke weed and like you, you know like I, it was just like I, I i was a dork there in a way because i was too norm so i've kind of fallen into that almost more than i've fallen into i play into a character i think that's dumber and a lot of people play into a character that's like cooler or more like worldly and you know what i mean like they're the leader of some revolution and i'm like no like if i because my self-image tends to be negative like um i've risen above that over time but like i'm an insecure fucking person as fuck and the only way i can be secure is is owning that yeah i found like with uh let's let's go with another like concept mm -hmm. thing of like my cat yeah. black parade yeah. three cheers too it's like I think it tends to be like I want to tell a story mm -hmm. that is autobiographical. I'm using quotes mm -hmm. for the listener, mm -hmm. but it's not <laughs> quite about like it's not like Gerard is saying this is what is happening exactly. to me. He's giving like a little bit of like I can separate myself from the art in that way. I and love that. and like the way you're describing it is exactly what I liked about say anything is like there is no separation mm -hmm. here, even though there is, it's still it's very much That's like really cool. And that, I've never really thought about it that way, but it's true because that is the distinction. I think what it is is more like, you know, if Gerard is like, you know, Spielberg in that scenario and he's telling these really cool big stories that, you know, spin out of his psyche, I tend to like as much as possible, make it a blatant thing. Like, I mean, God for, you know, forgive him if he was guilty, but like, I grew up a lot with like Woody Allen and people like that. And, mm -hmm. and even if you look at like Kevin Smith, like all his movies are just like his friends mm -hmm. chilling in a fucking mall. It's blatantly, you'll have the main guy. And even if he's like a super handsome dude, like whatever, he's still just Kevin Smith. Like they just talk like, him. Mm -hmm. and he's blatant. He makes fun of the movie clerks in the Jane Silent Bob. Like that's definitely yep. a thing, you know, where, where, but at the same time, like, you know, Silent Bob isn't exactly like him. And even Jay, you know, for that poor actor dude who like went through all that shit, like I'm sure there are times yeah. he's a great example where he's like, I play into this thing of being like a complete idiot and I do talk like that, but it's me at my worst. And so therefore it's more amusing and like my art is making fun of myself. So why would I sit there and be like, God, I feel good today. I'm sober. Yes. And like, there's some moments like that and say anything <laughs> that are really sincere, but like, like you said, where I'm using like an interpretation of my own events, embellishing it, um, and also interpreting it in probably the worst way possible. You know what I mean? So like Molly Conley, like that wasn't a real person. Um, it was just a collection of, of my insecurities about being in a band, you know, um, that it was selfish and misogynistic. And I just wanted to be as honest as possible. And I admit that to even bring levity to that is almost problematic, but I think I can't help but be that kind of problematic. You know, like I always will, you know, in a way apologize and be like, I hope the next generation has a better 
go and they seem to you know what i mean like hotelier or or like um modern baseball or, or front bottoms like there's a little bit less of that toxicity but i think unfortunately i grew up with a lot of fucking toxicity in my family mm-hmm. in my teenage years and then especially the early years of the band so i think it's something i have to address and now especially coming back it just is what we represent to people was rising above that i think and making fun of it and feeling like being able to laugh at it and feel like there's some real emotion in this scene that was becoming really contrived and like you know the people who initially like is a real boy were like into brand new and into taking back and all that stuff which i love but we're able to go okay but i'm starting to feel a little bit weird here because there's dudes <laughs> like you know and it's like i'm feeling a little bit like everyone's getting stuck up and it's not what it once was and that in and of itself became almost like a prideful thing where it's like i'm above this so it's just a very it's a post like scene thing so i can't not address that you know i wrote the last album was about like a literal you know a closeted homophobic serial murderer you know like (laughs) the guy from american psycho Mm -hmm. and it's like but then who would stop brett easton ellis from writing american psycho just because it's a comment on a part of him that feels closeted he's like an open gaming so i just think it's like i hope that maybe like with like stuff like podcasts and uh, social media, blah, 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 blah. But like in the sense that it does get more integrated where people in bands or young people, you do see that though because like, I'm so sorry I'm rambling so bad right now I like oh, had coffee. Is, I love listen I love awesome. this media analysis yeah. let's go. Yeah, please. <laughs> well, I just think you see like the people that my kids like, you know what I mean? Like like Oliver Tree is my like younger kids favorite. Like they know all his songs and everything, but he's doing what I did essentially. He's more than just a dude in a band. He's making fun of himself. He's like like really earnestly enjoying it. He enjoys fashion, but it's like ridiculous fashion and he also is like a comedian, you know? So I think that's almost like where to this day i'm still striving to do more of that you know i wrote comics i continue to do that and um you know i i I think my mistake in going i'm a writer was going like i can be both and i don't have to like resent this part of myself because i love it and the only reason i resented it was because i was psychologically fucked up and letting it like run my life Mm -hmm. i think it definitely serves as kind of like relating it back to like movies and films and the context of it all is where if we have so much access to things, we have to also acknowledge that once we get to a certain point in time, like 2023, the way that we interact with so many other people and think is wildly different from (laughs) 2003. It's too much. It's it's like so different, but you know, you can't, you can look back and absolutely like look at things like, you know, for example, um, if you look at like American Pie, yeah. you're like, oh my mm-hmm. god, everything was that's terrible. Course, but yeah. then if you you look at it now, but then you can use that as a teaching moment and say like, mm-hmm. wow, this is what it was like back then. Yeah. There's a lot of things that have improved, but these are the things that are still here. So how exactly. do we live within the society where it still is? How do we work to fight against it and to better it? And I like th- like that's kind of what it is. If what you're saying, you know, it's like if you're if the people who made American Pie were aware like i think first of all i loved it at the time i was like 13 i was the core audience right but i will say you know something like you know like spike jones movies or you know what i mean like those movies were like goofy and shit but then they'd be like trying to predict in a way within the art where this was going to go whereas something like american pie to me is the equivalent of like the strokes as much as i loved them at the time their first few albums were just like 
as present as they could be and the coolest thing it could have been at the time i think they grew out of that you know and they're just like a classic rock band but at the beginning i had a hard time with like indie culture there because to me it was like american pie like they weren't seeing the misogyny even me at the mm. time seeing american pie i couldn't relate to just wanting to lose your virginity you know, I, ha I was still a virgin when I saw it, and I didn't care about losing my virginity that much. I just wanted, like, a <laughs> love and a girlfriend. And, yes, I wanted to do that, but I wasn't, like, one of those guys, you know? So I feel like mm -hmm. it, just the awareness of, a, 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 as universal as you can get and as empathetic as you can be, that's all you can do. Because I'll never be as woke as, like, my kids, you know what I mean? And that's good, though. Like, why should that be? If they got less woke, we'd have, like, idiocracy, and that'd be terrible. They're way smarter <laughs> than me, you know? Like, they're way more yeah. open-minded. I want to be antiquated. I just want, like, I'm not going to try to not be, you know what I mean? I just am. So, but I'm also, like, only 40, and, you know, there is kind of like a, like, Gervais, again, another problematic person. Um, but he, he, <laughs> he did the office. Like, he, he was literally, like, in a terrible failed band, did worked in an office and he did the office at 40. So it's, you know, I, there, and there's other people like that too. So those are the people I look up to in the sense that I, I there are, you know, I do love writing. I do want to still do that stuff, but I think I couldn't do it without saying anything. Also just being in a comfortable, like part that isn't causing me some kind of weird middle-aged reaction to it, you know, cause it was very weird. It's really interesting because uh, like i think when we when we even talk about like the emo scene coming back and like the yeah the fact that it was the early 2000s misogyny and all that and like separate i, I know we, there's a lot of conversations about separating art from the artists and all this stuff and, yeah. and i'm not going to tell anybody which way to land on that but certainly yeah. like there is a sense that like if it is a time capsule and it is yeah. like the 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 time that it happened shouldn't it still exist as that time capsule so that we can know what it is about it but totally. then kind of just like say, you know, I'm not going to watch American Pie and then go do that's American right. Pie. I think that's a really like, cool point. Like, yeah. you know, there should be a, and there should be a movie that's making fun of those movies, not in a sort of like scary movie way, but like, a, <laughs> you know, a, a early 2000s retrospect. I mean, to me, like we're talking about doing certain things for is a real boy's 20th anniversary, which is crazy, but that's next year. And yeah. You know, at this point, you know, for instance, the first thing that came to mind when you were saying that was like hair metal. So like, or like 80s, whatever, like Boy George and stuff, but more so hair metal, because like, it had this resurgence, even amongst like indie snobs, when I was like, in high school, where mm -hmm. you'd wear like a, you'd wear like a Queen's right shirt, and it was like, cool. It's like, metal, was metal, and it was ironic. <laughs> so I think emo is kind of like that to a lot of people. But mm -hmm. then there were bands that came out of that sort of resurgence that were like, um, you know, cave in or, or more so what's that band? I'm, I mean, it's literally an amazing band that I, I have such ADD that my mind is, is like, you're not going to think of it now that you're scared. <laughs> Mastodon. Mastodon. Yeah. So like that entire yeah. scene oh, Mastodon, of like yeah. post-metal, I think kind of only became successful because there was like people looking at that shitty era of metal and going, well, that could have been cooler. Like, you know, like there was so much wrong with that shit spinal tap wise that like, 
What if you took the best parts of that and ran with it? So to me, that's what like Oliver Tree and Melanie Martinez are kind of doing. Like they're they're taking the emo and they're going into like the the, the richness that comes with like hip hop and pop. And like you guys said, it's eventually going to not mean anything. You know what I mean? Because you can be in a bar and hear like a Def Leppard song and you're not really thinking about that the song's like probably about like a 13 year old groupie. You know what I mean? Bowie. <laughs> I mean, and some people yep. get, a, get away with that shit for real. And like, thank God I never did that stuff. Like, because, I, but I was a terrible person in certain other ways. You know what I mean? Like, I certainly like, just by being like a bad friend or ghosting someone who cared about me, who knows? Um, or, or when I was like manic and didn't know what I was doing or even saying, like I hurt a lot of people, but I will say like, Again, I do think there's something to be said about separating the art only in certain contexts. Like if you do have like a really mm -hmm. cool, so, and, and I, obviously there's like the extreme of like lost profits. That band is not going to get there. Yeah, no, that's like a, they're absolutely not. You know, 100%. They're not taking a special errand on the, uh, you know, like, all right, buddy. You know, it's a big, it's a big show. <laughs> Come on, come on out. We'll put the cuffs on Con Air style. You're going to Vegas. Yeah. Um, no, that's not yeah. happening. I'll take him <laughs> out. But I will say that like certain things that were like, eh, like I could hear a song and like, I have a big issue with the band brand new, but I could hear mm -hmm. like some like sick transit Gloria or something in, in like a hot topic. Cause I'm going to like get my little dude's ears pierced or something. And I'd be like, it's pretty <laughs> and it would be funny and at the same time <laughs> gross you know like so i feel like my mm -hmm. job is to acknowledge that you know what i mean like i when i played wow it could get sexual at these shows and i i actually said i would never play it again or at least for a while mm -hmm. during that me too-ish area era so it had been a long time it didn't feel it, it, it didn't feel gross. And I actually used to feel gross. Like even right when it came out, I felt kind of gross. Like I was, I got married shortly after that. So I'd be singing about this like really sordid moment in my life that was completely misinterpreted by so many people as to be an actual mm -hmm. pedophilic act. You know what I mean? Cause I'm saying the girl's young, but she was like a year younger than me. You know, I think she's like, now yeah. I just feel like she's my age, if not more mature. Cause I still know her. She's really nice. She's a good person. Like, and, and also we were friends. Friends. Like it was in no way like a misogynist act because she was really cool. I just felt bad that like if there were, if feelings were going to be involved, you know, was I less involved than her? And so therefore, like I was afraid of being misogynist. And I think that's really and maybe I was unintentionally at certain points because I can't speak to that. I'm a dude, so like I I really that might have been more misogynistic unintentionally than I meant it to be, but I would never willingly. And I was so afraid of being bad to people in general. I'm so codependent that speaking about it in the way I did on that song was certainly not glorifying it. If anything, it was, it was a joke about how shitty we all are when we're following that like instinct, but, and women too. And that's why like, or, or everywhere, you know, all over the gender is immaterial when it comes to that, because I don't think every like lady or someone who's not a dude singing that song is just going, yeah, I was once that girl. I think that they're going, yeah, I felt like that too. Like I've laughed myself to sleep over like Frenching some guy at a show and then being like, fuck him and running away with my friends. Like, I think it's just universal, um, but I use this character, you know, like you, I think American Pie is a really good example. It's like a Stifler-esque <laughs> character. I mm -hmm. think I actually talk about Stifler 
um, on, that's weird, on the new record. I mentioned his name. There we go. Yeah. Oh. And, and I'm using him to describe toxic guys. I, I, the line is like, like, I hate my influence on Stiflers. So that's weird that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Mega mind energy. Look at yeah, us. Yeah. Back <laughs> I think yeah. like what's so uh, I'm in a cover band. Cool. So I'm I'm so sorry that I oh, said that. Are you kidding? I started out covering. It's it's uh it's an emo cover band. Amazing. So we we play Ooh, while I can get sexual too. You can imagine. You play it. Amazing. Yeah, cool. I play it. Um, it's one of my favorites to play because it's just a fun it's song, it's and the audience like during a set. It's for us. Yeah, exactly. A breather. <laughs> um, yeah, the. Uh, I, I, the audience just seems to like to go, oh, I know this song and I'm going to sing mm-hmm. along to it. And and like you're saying, obviously, their connection to it is going to be uh, different depending on where they came from, exactly. like being around the same age. Like, you know, you can't take away that we might have had an experience that is talked about in any song. Like the experience happened. The experience exists, whether it's good or bad yeah. down the line is kind of immaterial. It's like you the experience know. happened. Yeah, but I, I think it's like, there's just a lot of people who are it, it, it's interesting to me because it is so autobiographical for you yeah. and then how many people hear a song like that and insert themselves into the character that you're well, you're writing about sure. and creating I, and then determine the the song and the content of the song based on their interpretation of the character as it appeals to themselves that's like the idea, how though. are you doing because I, I i no one can, i'm too weird for anyone to really know the real 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 me unless we're like sitting here having this conversation <laughs> like it's i really mm-hmm. do think that that's what it's for it's just that you know people who are like me i guess when they do art whether it's like me or someone who's like a pretentious avant-garde artist who like himself sits in the um you know gallery and he's like come touch me and he's naked and he's like you know like it's that kind of a postmodern thing where it's like it's not i wasn't the one to come up with that you know what i mean like there were plenty of people who did that sort of self-aware shtick and it was really my attempt to as much as i could let people know what the deal was and uh, there was obviously it was going to inflame some people but the people who got it would it would be easier for them to do that to project into it and it would still be abstract because yeah like there were people who related to that song who were straight up like the worst people of all time i know them they were in bands and they sucked and they loved my music but i will say like you know there were more people who were i think compassionate who were able to like find the way into that and occupy it because other songs that were like meant for like for me like i always loved like you know uh, me without you and pager of lion and stuff like that you know but there was less especially at that time those guys would not admit to being like fucked up you know so in the sort of like intellectual end of emo or like you know at the drive-in weren't going like and then we did heroin and we got tempted to sign to a major label we all got on coke pretended we hate each other and we thought we were gonna be Vanessa beatles and the next nirvana but we didn't so we started two new bands like you know i want people to be able to listen to it and be like okay so this guy isn't thinking he's above me so whatever i did that makes me feel like that certainly he's no better than me you know what i mean like he's not some hallowed sanctified hero he's just a lot like me and happens to devote his life to like perfecting being honest about it in a funny i guess in a you know catchy or or inspiring that emotional way you know like that's I, i never want and i do see that it's almost sometimes hard with my fan base because 
the only times I have a hard time is because they just, they expect me sometimes to be okay in a way that I'm not. Um, not because like they think I'm better than them, but because we all feel like shit. And I think they've seen me go through so much shit that they're like, dude, like this guy probably woke up this morning and maybe sharded and his kids were ran out the door. <laughs> and so they see me and I'm sweating and I'm anxious and they're like, beam dog. You know what I mean? Like, it's literally like your friend who you know is fucked up. And so you're like, how are you doing? And he's like, you know, and it's so like, that's the interaction with me and the fan base. And that's what I want it to be. But there are times I'm desperately unhappy. Like my mental illness is seriously bad. And so like, there's some stuff on this album, I guess that would be more real, more real than anything I've ever done. Because what I went through over the past few years was so traumatic that it's something I would almost make up on like Hebrews to, to express my fears for being a father and like loving Sherry. And it actually happened. There was shit where people tried to take my kids. There was shit where, you know, um, COVID like the social, um, whatever, like climate of COVID really was toxic for the place that I lived. Um, and, and I love a lot of the people who I was going through stuff with. It's not like I suddenly like hate a bunch of people. It's like taking back Sunday and now we're on war terms. But like there was like serious <laughs> shit that went down. That, I mean that when I, when I explained the situation that inspired this album to people, they're like, oh my God. And we'll laugh because it's so crazy. And it starts with like Kanye and goes all the way to the, the kid shit. And it's a very intense thing. So, so for me to write about that, it was almost in character because it was so crazy that it, it that I couldn't believe it was really happening compared to some of the other stuff. It's like I, that, that entire time I feel was definitely such like an out of body, out of yeah, mind type surreal. of moment. So I think that you're able to put this into like an album yes. to yeah, talk about yeah. all of this. And now I'm wondering on this album, obviously we have references to mm -hmm. Stifler. We have references to Kanye yeah. or Ye. Yes. What other references are you drawing from to use as kind of like an yeah, artifact. Oh my god, it's I'm gonna be honest, it's all that. Like to the point of being the joke and also very serious. Like the cool thing of what you said about how like you and your friend got along because he likes anything, like this is written for you guys. It really is. And I think it's universal in the sense that like yeah, like the songs are are kind of like, you know, like I guess like alive and hate everyone. They're more like accessible and like just big anthemic fun emo songs like kind of what we're known for i guess rather than like weird lo-fi eclectic shit but lyrically they're built for people like there's layers and layers of easter eggs to the point where like it's a great question because the, every song even like psych the one song that we released you know if you go through it and i feel really contrived even saying this because it's like who's gonna take the fucking time but if you're bored and you're on the toilet and you're looking at the lyrics um you know even like uh, the first thing that come to mind is like the last verse talks about you know blink and you'll miss like the moral and that's just like referencing blink 182 and how you know people kind of missed out on the profundity of like what they were doing um uh and then like the comments spread the days are done that's like you know the band broke up and now we're getting so if you know the history of the band i mean to the point where at the very end of the song i get so awkwardly honest about what i went through that it's like people probably are like that was really cool but like what the fuck is up with the ending and that's what i intended like i wanted it to be uncomfortable but also the most like comfortable 
experience like there's songs referencing like my friends like forest from you know hello goodbye and like using him in some dumb pun with the word forest you know it's very it's it's so <laughs> self-aware that it's it's it goes back around from being like a joke to being like you would put it on and by the way if you you may hate it by the way so i'm not assuming but if you're with that friend who you bond over your experiences loving say anything or even that kind of music it's built for that. It's built for putting on really loud in the car and you're kind of embarrassed when someone looks over and you're like rocking out to like blank, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's just like making fun of, but embracing that experience, I guess. So it is all a reference in, and I really appreciate that question because it's like right on, it's right on with what the album is so far. Yeah. You, and I was thinking about this today, like getting prepared for this. Yeah. Uh, it feels like you are, kind of like the center point of all emo like kevin bacon stuff. like i'm not i'm not the you're biggest. like yeah like kevin bacon <laughs> you know like, yeah like, to me 100%. the seven degrees of kevin yeah. bacon i love using that theory and, like almost every day like you know what i mean like you couldn't connect you know joe biden to me i'm like a random jew from la but in terms of just this small often ridiculed subgenre. I really am like I there's these guys I know who are like in bigger part almost like maybe b way better you know at music that like Jeremy Enoch from Sunny Day right so mm -hmm. that dude has spent most of his career like a weird hermit traveling the country with a backpack like just praying and like being deep whereas I kind of got shafted into the entire like generic emo band experience you know we were on doghouse we got upstream to a major label we played work tour we played bamboozle and it was like right in the at the when it reached its peak it was like my cam got big and we were supposed to be kind of the next one of those bands and we didn't become commercial we instead kind of created a weird cult fan base and then started taking out bands like front bottoms and modern baseball and we almost became more aligned with that than the bands that got big commercially like we didn't you know we didn't blow up in that way so to me it's like i skirted both worlds of when it became cool and when it became really uncool you know like we did work to our <laughs> probably the last time it was big and then it started going mm -hmm. you know and we're like oh shit <laughs> and it was really funny to us because we're like i imagine you guys were where you can start to find things funny about the scene and we're, we're like young people didn't realize how young we were like people thought we were the same age as my cam and get up kids but we're like a good five to ten years younger than some of those people so we were like the annoying little brothers who could like who could name like the first yellow card ep and also why it's funny you know what i mean like and and love it but love it at the same time like we're not like snobby vice magazine people like we love that shit we're also young enough to be able to go okay this is like problematic or it's or it's goofy or and contrived and you know i think that's another thing that that caused some resentment for me because I cared too much what like Pitchfork thought, you know what I mean? As opposed mm -hmm. to realizing that they were becoming a joke too, you know, not, even yeah. beyond me. Like I thought I was the only one who's like, fuck this shit, but everyone was talking <laughs> sick of it. And that's why there is a mm -hmm. emo resurgence and it's kind of respected. And we became a Pitchfork band weirdly. They write about us and I, I appreciate it. Like I don't hate Pitchfork anymore because it's like hating I don't know, like any actor who like, like, uh, who's a dude from SNL who like dates a bunch of celebrities and, um, Oh, Pete Davidson. Yeah. I actually referenced him too. I, I feel like I have more in common <laughs> with him. 
than Kanye. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I think you can go through that and it's just about do you weather it and can you make fun of yourself? Will he make fun of himself in 10 years that he was like out, you know, doing that stuff with a matching outfit to Machine Gun Kelly? You know what I mean? Matching whatever <laughs> overall. I, I think, but that doesn't make him not intelligent. It's just about if you can look back and, and evolve and, you know, and be self-aware enough to not be like, oh, because a lot of those bands became so pretentious and they were like, thought they were better than their fans. They wanted to be Radiohead. As soon as they got big, they're like, well, now we want to be opening for the shins. Like that's an actual mm. story of someone I know, one of these bands, and they're a really good band, good person, but they actually fired their agent because, you know, they were touring with us and like Hot Rod Circuit. And they're like, why didn't we get the shins to bro? And the agent's like, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say right now. Cause you're like <laughs> Long Island emo band. Yeah, like the shins are not, <laughs> the vibe right now yeah, but yeah. maybe later exactly but they didn't care you know what i mean they're like we should be um they don't see that we're influenced <laughs> by them you know it's like yeah it's a weird mentality or resentment but again i think we were young enough to like to grow up with like blank and and um bands like that that didn't take themselves that seriously and um we couldn't you can't fake coming like that you were always cool when you grew up listening to the ataris more than any other band and I think to this day, I will put on like the second Atari's record and it's better than a lot of indie rock records that I like occasionally listen to. A few Animal Collective records are by far worse than than like, uh, what's it called? Blue, Blue Skies of Broken Hearts. Now, yeah, X that, that's a correct statement right? for most other albums besides <laughs> those two glasses. I've had that conversation many a times actually. Time <laughs> when, when I first got in, when a Riot by Paramore came out, I would piss off everyone on purpose by comparing it to like Radiohead albums that were not as good. You know what I mean? Like the one after Kid A, um, what's it called? But it was like the second one that was exactly like Kid A, but just kind of weak. You know what I mean? Like you still look back and, and if you were reviewing it in Rolling Stone, you'd be like, it's a brilliant compliment. Yes, it's a little derivative, but it's them, it's Radiohead. You know, for me, I'm like, no, this fucking album's way better. Listen to this shit, she's like Bono, you know? So I like, that was my thing was, was, you know, that's why we did in defense of a genre was to, to, to annoy people who expected us to be too cool for it just because we were making fun of it. Cause I, I still earnestly love it. Yeah. That, that's where I was going to say, like, you've got the, the most email credit by doing in defense of the genre, getting everyone together, doing a double CD at that time was also, ballsy as fuck so it was, just, that was pretty pretentious as fuck you know like i mean <laughs> i couldn't I, I appreciate you thinking about it that way and, and i just don't i have i have imposter syndrome so i can't see the bald in there <laughs> i just felt impetuous because so many people were like you just had a pretty big album like you could literally be a huge band if you just played ball a little bit but i'm like i can't i i really there are things yeah. i need to do artistically i am not willing to in any way sacrifice one song on this record and because you know, I was kind of one of those like Billy Corgany, like weird. It's the guy in the band. You let him do what he wants. Types. They couldn't get away with like putting me in the studio with Chad Kroger, um, and having him write the songs, which was suggested. But that's okay. Point, that's awesome. Though. Say anything <laughs> a butt rock era? Not so much. Not so much. Don't bring. <laughs> Would you do that now? 
Can we get you in the studio with Chad Kroger this now? It's such a good question, and I almost said yes, but unfortunately it's no. And that probably okay. just because I have kids and I don't have the time for mm -hmm. something like that. He seems kind of funny and smart, and I actually do think, I remember when their first song, this is how you remind me. Like before yeah. you yes. kind of knew what they really would be, I was like, this is another pretty good, like, stained type band that, like, wrote a really fucking mm -hmm. good almost like 80s metal power ballad. This is not bad. And then they got kind of sucked into the weird, like Sugar Ray, like celebrity rock thing. And I started yeah. to obviously feel weird about it, but I would do it on a lark if I didn't have kids that I have yeah. to take care of. I would just be like, I bet we're gonna get along. I bet me and the dude yeah. are gonna understand each other on a deep level. <laughs> we just like, it. I think that like as we've gotten more uh, like obviously with the resurgence and everything with TikTok with everybody kind of getting involved in all this stuff yeah. the memes have just gotten a lot better about oh, it and like that, the acceptance of this get. stuff you know what I mean yeah. memes yeah so like the idea of like we were so harsh on Nickelback we were so harsh on like um I mean even like at the to continue the the topic of in defense of the genre at the time it's like yeah this is kind of weird like they could have just done this but now we look back at that and we go, oh, let's like revisit that. And it's like, you know what? Actually, like we were weird about it at the time, but why were we so weird? Totally. It kind of rules. It's, it's kind of cool. It's totally contact. Yeah. You know, like those records that like the Get Up Kids, Saves the Day, and The Promise Ring did all at the same time that were like Beatles influenced and completely failed. And they all literally hated life. <laughs> for, like, it literally spun them out into dark paths. So every one of those people. Um, oh, wow. But. But then you listen to it five years later and it just sounds like Band of Horses or something. Like they were actually ahead of the curve. Um, and then there's other things that are just kind of like if you listen to like Copeland, it's like, oh, this is just like a cool pop song. Like it's like, you know, it's not you don't think like, oh, man, it's so poppy. Remember when Poppy was a big thing? I don't know about man. This new one's so poppy. It's like, we don't give a mm -hmm. fucking shit now. We're like 40 years old. If you hear a good Miley Cyrus song, you're like damn all right miley like that's some poppy shit that's good you want it to be poppy so i agree with you entirely it's like the double album thing who cares at this point it's like just yeah. on spotify like people are just gonna like seek out the songs they like it's not like we're like guess what motherfuckers another double rank which i think we're yeah <laughs> um but it's not gonna you know what I mean? It certainly isn't gonna do what it did if anything the only thing i could anticipate and i hope this is true is you know, for people who've been waiting to hear us for a long time, if the more songs we do and the more things we do, more chances we take, it's just kind of interesting and fun. Drake, I mean, come on. Like, he does everything all the time mm -hmm. to the point where it's like, when are you doing all of this? And he, people don't have enough time to be like, man, that new, you know, 21 Savage record's too much of a departure because the next song he's, like, doing another, like, hardcore, you know, like, it's just very, mm -hmm. like... That's that's how art, in my opinion, should be, um, where it's like there shouldn't be so much like weird pretentiousness and restrictions on taking risks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now, with that in mind, obviously, we, we kind of want this genreless kind of society in a way yeah. because we kind of get a lot of yep. really cool stuff out of it. What are some artists that you are really grasping on to now, mm -hmm. whether they're new or they've been around for a while, but ones that are like you're just like, yes, like. This is fucking rad. I'll be dead honest. So like it's it's first of all, all the stuff that I like, I still pretty much like. There's there's very little of it that's like aged badly to me. Like I can still listen to like the Rocket Summer. You know, I still feel like they're awesome. You know what I mean? Like um, I also feel like 
the the truth is if i was going to be dead honest about like what touches me the most it's like hip-hop music now and it's been that way for a really long time because it's i started out like my first tape was like whoop there it is and i would like learn all the words to tupac songs and that's probably why i guess my lyrics are more lyrical or whatever because i like it took work you know to sit there and be one of these as you know, if you did that, it's like you just you'd all sit there with your friends, and it's kind of like a weird sub, like almost like a passive aggressive contest, like who knows every word to the Biggie song, and it's like you just feel cool when you know all of them, um, and so that was in there, um, and then I just dove so hard into punk and indie rock that it was like my job, in a way, to be immersed in it, and when I finally was like, I'm gonna be a writer, I basically turned to music that I felt like I could A, relate to, um, maybe not on a literal level sometimes, but like in terms of like the mentality um, and and what it was aspiring towards. And also stylistically, like I, I love wordplay um, and, and I do find it to be becoming more and more genreless. You know what I mean? Like if you put on like a Kendrick Lamar record now or something or, or Tyler the Creator, like those to me, that's like the new, princes and and um you know bob dylan's are are those guys and so but that i don't want to dismiss you know my peeps you know like boring white people who play indie <laughs> rock because it's like there could mm -hmm. be just as many of those bands and there have been you know like i really loved the hotel year i loved all those bands that came out around that time and were almost taking what my band and other bands like that did and just made it better and more like less problematic and more uh I don't know, intellectually stimulating. So I love those bands. Um, and I like what my kids listen to. I like the pop they listen to. You know, we went to go see Melanie Martinez and it was like, I cried. I legitimately cried. <laughs> um, and so I like, I like anything really to some degree, as long as it's kind of, it's very much the same shit I always liked. But like you said, it's, it, it, it doesn't, it's a genreless thing in terms of what I appreciate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does this mean that there will be another Say Anything cover for a Punk Goes Crunk in the future? <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but there will be something a lot, maybe better than that. Ooh. Yeah. All right. If Punk Goes Crunk calls, I would be tempted. It's just that it, <laughs> the only reason I wouldn't is because of this other project, basically a covers project that I'm doing, mm. which is basically a more meta version of, of that funny thing where it was like comps and we're playing the michelle branch you know it's like that but it's <laughs> meta um and i'm really enjoying it and i really do like playing other people i mean you would know you know being in a cover band it's like that was why i started playing music before i even had written a song I, me and kobe were playing you know through being cool from front to back uh, in parents room you know room and blowing out the um so i i still love that and adding my own thing to it i think is really fun um so so i would say a 50 50 on punko's crunk depending on who's involved yeah i mean mm -hmm. if it was the same lineup i'd have to pass you know what i mean like it was like me and and kenny Vasoli and all those dudes lining up to do like migos songs i'm not doing <laughs> no. not the migos song yeah. cover <laughs> no i'm really glad that died before all that yeah you know at least it's a little less yeah, because, uh, like, Drake, to the old emo, heads. Imagine like boys like girls covering Drake. That's intense. That's a lot. Mm. You know, you'd have to be very emo in that moment to handle that. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like the same would be like who would cover a Juice World song? Who? Like, mm. like who would? I I feel like you would have to be like really in your feels and just like be really. Oh, yeah. Someone's gonna. Cover you need to know. Peep. You know, like it's yeah. dark. You know what I mean? They're like they're like. Nah, I I can't. It's it's come too full circle now. When it was like covering, yeah. you know, Usher, that was like they're far enough apart that it's ironic. In this case, it's just like awkward. Read the room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh you also I, I, I wanna shout out um our friend Adam Siska, who oh I know God. used to play Obsessed. with you for a little while. He's one of my favorite people. He are you is friends, amazing. Uh, Robbie Rob with like Rob Wales. That guy, are you from Chicago? Like that scene? Yeah, we're in the yeah. we're in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. So I we recently became friends with Robbie Rob, um, who I think was from that world too. And like a lot of my friends were in that Chicago world. But it's it's really another one of those scenes that was so cool to me living in LA, which there was no scene legitimately that I'm want to live in chicago and go see the alkaline trio and like all that stuff yep <laughs> congratulations yeah we're we're at the place where we're like i'm so tired of seeing alkaline trio i've seen them so many times yeah. i've heard these songs so many times to it's, like it's have like, some people <laughs> it, it's like rocky horror picture show of emo in a way right? mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> well them and like rise against like again like i yeah. love rise against but i'm pretty sure in one year i saw rise against at least a minimum of five times <laughs> like one of my favorite bands i think was like that in like the early 2000s piebald they're literally probably my favorite yeah. emo band but they would just somehow be on every show they'd be on every mm -hmm. show to the point you're like okay well you know i don't know what to do now you know i like I'm, i don't know what to do with this energy because I, it makes me cry and it makes me happy but like i don't have any, anything left to give you you know uh, <laughs> and all those like alkaline trio guys are sober now and they're like singing they're like jaked on beers i'm like oh mm -hmm. we're all sober we're all watching it like, oh shit i was something else why uh we we filled an hour really fast. This was so fucking cool. Yeah, um, this is so I, I, like I, I this was amazing, and I had the best time. But I do feel self conscious how much I talk constantly. But I'm oh, glad no. that it made it. Easy. No, here's the thing: and you guys are really smart too. Yeah. I think we're all we're like the three musketeers. We all talk. There we yeah. go. I, it felt even, but even though I felt like it was like a perfectly matched bunch of intellects dancing amongst each other in podcasts i mm -hmm. still felt like a fucking dork and i felt i couldn't shut the fuck up i mean you're the guest you should yeah, be the you're one the guest the, the big thing is i hate that the, <laughs> the big thing is you know you have a good interview is when like you hardly talk or you talk exactly. minimally i hope that's true okay that that helps me because, it is uh, trust me yeah. i work in journalism and i teach journalism and that's right. what i tell my okay. students no, you're right, because as a listener you know what I mean? Like you want to hear the person talk Italy probably more than Dax Shepard, but then like Dax is saying, that is, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. why I like the celebrity podcasts and we are not, we are just a couple of nerds from Chicago. Yeah, We're a couple of bozos from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You couldn't get the celeb podcast. You got us two assholes. Together, and I am the biggest fucking celeb there. Actually, listen we're that's, that's we're only funny, the like, we're only the third best podcast in chicago technically so we are like my band in the scene yeah we probably <laughs> seven i think maybe eight sometimes we don't even make that top 10 you know like a uh, buzz net list the best pop songs sure. of all time I'm like come on man just give me one 
you know, it's like above us. Is, yeah, there's some questionable stuff above us. So it's like, give hey. me a treat. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my kids and they're looking at me like I'm weird and I'm a waste. And I want to just go, look, look on your iPad. Number <laughs> eight. That's Let's go search it. You'll find me. It's going to be. Yeah. Do, do like, go tell your like friends. The they do. They do. And I feel really fucking lucky that they do. They make fun of me all the time. Uh, my daughter. Mm. Oh, shit. I, I hope my, my, it looks like my phone's. I'm 4%. But I have to say that, like, my daughters will go up to me and literally go, like, hey, tonight will be the night that I will fall for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like, well, before your phone dies. You're going to listen to your emo? I'm like, yeah. You're going to listen to your Melanie emo. Martinez, well, yeah, wow, wow, Melanie, woo, woo, woo. Oh, I'm so, like, we make fun of each other. But she's right there. She's like, it's like <laughs> kind of judgmentally, but also amused, which is basically what I get. Uh, well, before your phone dies, if you want to toss out, like, any, uh, well, I mean, if you have any shows you can announce, obviously, when we were young. Mm -hmm when the record comes out and anything you want to like let people know say, like, it's coming out you, soon um just to stay tuned to to all those streaming services because i think we're going to kind of release things piecemeal instead of doing the kind of like uh you know old school model of like you release an album and then like wait two years you know what i mean we wanted like now that we're kind of back i want to be releasing stuff as much as possible and engaging in that way because i'm not good yet with social media. i don't let myself do social media i had a bad experience i left like we'll see mm -hmm. um but i do know that i want to put more songs out than we usually do so just kind of like you know there are some bands where they just don't release music for a long time and you kind of are like all right like see a cursive but then they come back and they start <laughs> releasing a lot and you're like oh i can now i can look at the death cab like uh itunes and there's like oh they did an acoustic record like so i think you, you know we're at that point where you're going to see more things in general and i would say you know to anyone who actually knows who i am or listens to any of these records to like uh it's a sad uh you know uh plea but to like check out my comic stuff because it's it's a whole other end of me and uh if you do like let's say israel boy um and that kind of stuff that i did like the comics are exactly like that it's not like you're gonna pick up my comic and it's suddenly like you know game of thrones like really serious it's very weird and meta and i'm inserted into a lot of it so yeah marvel moon knight uh start there maybe marvel's moon knight i do worked on that yeah i'll say check that out because I'm a Marvel fan, so yeah, check that, that out. Oscar Isaac killed it, man. He's not a dude, though. It's a little, uh-uh. They should have mm. come to the store. <laughs> uh, no, he's, he's hot. He's, he's, yeah. Yeah, correct. You can't beat that. Him and Pedro Pascal are just running it right now. I mean, this beard compared to that beard, it's, I feel, I don't feel good about myself. When I look, <laughs> now, Jew or no Jew. Uh, well, Max... This is, this is just This incredible. has been fantastic, dude. Yeah. Thank you. I, that makes me feel great. Um, I'm going to go back to what I usually do, which is like basically just sit and like plug different things in, USB-C cables. I'm like, shit, that one not work, and I have to look for the other. And that's really most of my time. I don't like do anything exciting uh, or go out to bars and see other people like this. No, yeah, with the cables. So I'm going to feel really yeah. good. Like when I can't reach one, and I'm like fuck, and I'm like pushing too hard. I'm holding my breath while my hands under the table. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna think about your guys' faces <laughs> and how you actually yeah. were touched in some way by this, because that's real. Like, <laughs> I feel I I have imposter syndrome. I can't really 
I'm going to try to soak it in, but I appreciate it. A lot. Like, I yeah, really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Yeah. You know, trust uh, me, this has been mental health for us as well. So Yeah. <laughs> well, have a great night, and um, maybe I'll make my wife listen to this or something. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll be out on Tuesday. Awesome. So, oh, quick that's turnaround. Rad. That's rad. Oh, my God, amazing. Yep. Thank you for doing it. Yeah. And um, if you guys want to come to one of the shows, um, let me know, and we'll say hi in person. Yeah, yeah for sure. Let uh, us know whenever you're in Chicago. We'll, <laughs> we'll hang at the show. Yeah. Hell yeah. For sure. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you. This was great. Have a good night. Yeah, Yeah, you you too. too. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. I don't know why I'm saying this as though I were an in-flight captain or something saying, "Uh, well, thank you for checking out this episode of the podcast. Anyway, if you liked it, make sure to rate us five stars on your podcasting app of choice. And if you enjoyed it even thoroughly enough, uh, make sure to go leave us a written review over on Apple Podcasts along with that five stars. Write your review, please. Let us know. You can be as uh, wordy or as not wordy as you want to be. You can just put cool. That's it. All right. Vibes. Cool. Use punctuation, please, though. Don't be even. Use proper punch. You know what? Put a semicolon. Have us guessing. Damn, dude. I love a semicolon. I'm a semicolon type of girl. You think it's weird that we call it a semicolon? Like, just go whole colon or don't use it at all? Or, like, oh, you know, sometimes I mean, some like, people I'm... do have semicolons. Some people don't have whole colons, Brian. Come on. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, we will return next week with another episode of the podcast. You can also join us over on our Twitch channel at emosocialclub.tv where we record most of these episodes live uh, and you can join the recording from there but in the meantime from all of us here at the Emo Social Club I'm Brian and I'm Lizzie goodbye <laughs> goodbye oh no I don't like that you're bringing out your dog voice on, on the <laughs> goodbye delete this but i have to say it because it's in my brain finger that epicenter i don't like that at all i don't like that at all